chapter 19. We were here last week and we're going to revisit this passage this morning. This morning we're going to read two verses. Verse 12 and verse 13. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, when he heard what? When he heard the still, small voice, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there, was a, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Pray with me, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, speak to us yet once again from the Holy Scripture. May we communicate in a spiritual way and in a practical way. May our eyes be opened like they've never been opened before. Lord, change our perspective. Change our heart. Change our outlook. God, do something different in us that will draw us closer to you and make us more like your son. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last Sunday, we spent time talking about the power of the whisper. And today we're going to focus in the second part of this two-week series of messages. We're going to focus on filters for the whisper. Great grace and divine favor comes to those who stop and listen for the whisper of God. And not only stop and listen for the whisper of God, but also be determined to be obedient to the direction of God's whisper. It's one thing to hear it. It's important to obey it. There were times throughout the word of God that God spoke in many and different and various ways. Adam and Eve heard the voice of God after they had sinned. And they feared hearing the voice of God. Revelation chapter 1 and Ezekiel 43 talks about describing the voice of God like the noise of many waters. Like one river after another, one torrent after another, coming together for a multiplied, loud effect. God spoke an audible voice at Jesus' baptism and also at his transfiguration. And caused the people present there to tremble with fear. And God spoke from Mount Sinai with black smoke and fire and thunder and lightnings. The people begged Moses for God, for Moses to speak for God to them because they could not handle the thought of God speaking to them directly. I mean, one time Jesus walked by and said these simple words. I am he. And the guards fell over like dead men. 
That's the effect of the voice of the Son of God. Now I share with you, as I did last Sunday, that in my time of serving the Lord, I have not heard the audible voice of God. Some of you probably have. I say that, but yet God has spoken to me on many, many different occasions. Though he is God of the spectacular, he chooses to speak through his word, through dreams, through visions, through word of knowledge, through the preaching of the gospel. He speaks through creation. Other people can come to us with a word from God. They can be the messenger with a revelation for your life not even having known the circumstances of your situation, they can walk up to you and say, God has given me a word to share with you. And you will stand there aghast because no one knew of your circumstances except you and the Lord. Prophecies. And yes, more often than we care to admit or confess, God whispers into our spirit. He doesn't want us to be afraid, but he does want us to be available. And he does want us to stop talking long enough to hear him and his whispers. Last week, we talked about those whispers, the whispers of assurance, those promises to you. They're in the Bible, and we're grateful for them, But I'm telling you, it's something special about when you're praying and you're burdened and all of a sudden that promise is whispered into your heart and it becomes a right now moment for you and God. (laughs) Whispers of assurance. And then there's whispers of admonition or correction. You know, we know that God speaks conviction into our heart. When he gives us words of admonition, it is, it is to correct a path if we've wandered off to the left or to the right of what he desires for us to do. He will whisper into our spirit, and we need to heed the whisper of the Lord that is trying to get us back on our path. And then there's whispers of action. He'll give us directions on what to do. He'll tell us what to do. He'll he'll tell us how to do it. He'll tell us when to do it. If we will take time and stop and listen for the voice of the Lord. Now, the question that may be nagging you or some questions that may be nagging you or hounding you, like, can you miss divine direction? Or can you misunderstand God's voice? Or how do you know when it's God's voice Versus your own flesh speaking to your heart. How do you know the difference between the two? I shared this with you last week. For as many times as I have known his voice, ten times as many, I'm sure I have missed his voice. I'm confident of that. Because I was so busy, so preoccupied, so caught up in the clamor of life, or in all that I needed to say to God that I didn't take the time to stop and be silent so he could speak to me. I mean, let's be honest. 
we would all prefer for God to just bless our plans rather than really ask him and then listen for what his plans are for us. In fact, too, too often, I have, you have, we've forged ahead without consulting our Father. And we assume that he is going to bless our efforts. And so into the door we go and down the path we travel and all seems well and we feel good. So we again assume this is the voice of the Lord until suddenly we run off the road and end up in the ditch. And then we realize that our assumptions weren't correct and it was our flesh after all. It was not the clarity of the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. If you're a child of God today, if you're walking by faith and walking in the Spirit, then you should have a relationship with Him that when the shepherd speaks, you the sheep say, here I am. What is it that you want to say into my life? But I want to know, I want to know that I know the whisper of the Father. No assumptions, no guesses. And so the Lord, he gives us divine filters because he understands he created us. And even though we are created in the image of God, we are still humanity. And because we are humanity, Often we, we need help discerning the voice of God in our life. I said this last week. I'll say it again today. Friend, there is a lot of ambient noise. There's a lot of atmospheric chaos. And that all of that around you serves to hinder God's whisper from being heard. And so you need some divine filters. I need some divine filters. If you're a note taker, these are worth writing down, even if you're not. These are worth writing down. So we're going to talk about this today. Filter number one, God, is this whisper from you? Simple enough, right? <laughs> one prominent pastor told the story many years ago. He said, when my kids were in junior high school, he said, a man, a, a sophisticated looking man, a man who sounded articulate and his opening statement to the pastor was, I have a prophetic word from God for you. And this is what he was told that was supposed to be a word from God. He approached the pastor and said, I know you don't know me, but God told me within 30 days, your children are going to be struck down because of your style of ministry. Now he said, my style of ministry was, I was passionate about reaching unbelievers for Jesus. I really wanted to reach the harvest. But this man is telling me because of my passion to reach lost people that God was going to judge me and he was going to strike down my children. Again, the man was professional. He sounded articulate. He even sounded spiritual. But the pastor came to this conclusion that there was two problems with his prophetic word. Listen, number one was the man's warning sign didn't line up with the character of God about unbelievers. And the answer is no. 
not win from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus wants us to win unbelievers into the kingdom of God. That's what the church is here for. Christianity is for all those whosoever will. God is willing that none should perish, that, but that all should come to repentance. So right away, he knew that the word was off, that it could not be accurate. And then the second thing, he said, even if his assumption was correct, the pastor really realized momentarily that he would have dismissed him as a false prophet because he didn't believe God would make his kids pay for his mistakes. <laughs> now let me just stop here and make a statement. And then let it hit home in your heart this morning. Because it's going to stir some of you up. God's not going to give you cancer or heart disease for loving your children unconditionally. That was weak. You said that sounds like an odd statement. I'm going to read it to you again. God is not going to give you cancer or heart disease or any other malady for loving your children unconditionally. Well, that's right, Pastor. Amen. Praise God. You are correct. We all agree. Stay with me. I had someone ask me a question outright the other day. And it has bothered me for several days now. And the question was, if one has a child that is gay, should the Christian parent attend their wedding? Think before you answer. Process just for a moment. Because there's some in the room that would say without a doubt, absolutely not. God doesn't condone it, and I won't either. Bristle at the very thought of it. Others of you say, well, I don't agree, but I don't want to lose my relationship with my child either. I don't want to drive them away. Friend, here is where we need to hear the unfiltered voice of the Holy Spirit for our personal lives, our personal and family situations. Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. Listen to this. I will stand flat-footed and tell you today with every bit of compassion I have in my heart that I cannot judge you for going to your gay child's wedding though you don't approve. And I cannot judge you for not going to your gay child's wedding because you don't approve. Listen to your pastor all the way through because the fact of the matter is I cannot judge you and you cannot judge me, period. Mm. But a merciful God is not going to give you cancer or heart disease because you went to the wedding or you didn't go to the wedding. Sometimes God gives your pastor a message from on high, and then sometimes God gives your pastor a message to correct a misunderstanding that exists in the body of Christ. God help us. Don't ever get, forget that God who is holy 
is also God who is love. Oh, Jesus, help me here. Both are his essence. Just as much as he is holy, he is love. Just as much as he is love, he is holy. And you and I, as believers, this preacher that's been preaching holiness for 30 years, I have to be careful that I do not take the place of God on the judgment seat of heaven. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, just stay with me. We're going to ride this morning. The people Jesus had the most problems with in the Gospels were Pharisees that were judging the sinners. The people Jesus hung out the most with were the sinners that were being judged by the Pharisees. Oh, I'm going to give some people some Sunday afternoon conversation now. Sometimes you just don't know the whole story. Sometimes you just have to place it in someone's hands. But how dare anyone to ever say someone got a disease for loving their child unconditionally? That pastor that I was referring to said, thankfully, his children were alive and still with him after 30 days. So the first filter is, God, is this from you? Is this like your character? Or are there other voices that are speaking? That's filter number one. God, is this from you? Y'all still there? I know y'all are awake. I done stirred up a hornet's nest right at the beginning. Seriously, though, the two places that says God is, one, God is holy. The other, God is love. And you and I have the responsibility of walking the tightrope of the two. We have to be responsibly holy for our lives, and we have to be responsible to love everyone with the heart and the love of God. Number two, is the whisper biblical? Is the whisper scriptural? People do absurd things and then tell others that God told them to do it. God told me to cheat on my husband because God understands how neglected I am. God told me to drop out of school with only one semester left. God told me to divorce my wife. I have known pastors that have stood and made public statements about divorcing their wives as if it was from the Lord and couples within the church under their influence literally followed suit as if it was a word from God. God told me to quit my job. Before I have another one lined up to feed my four children. And I'm the primary breadwinner. 
God told me to move in with my boyfriend to see if we can live together before we get married. Oh, but don't worry. I'll still come to the house of the Lord, and I'll still lift up holy hands to God. You're lifting up corrupt hands. You're lifting up strange fire. You're not pleasing God. You're nauseating God. He said, and I mentioned this Wednesday night, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. How many crazy decisions, life-changing, eternity-altering decisions have been made because God told someone to do something totally against the Bible. It's not going to happen. I said it's not going to happen. The whisper that you get in your ear is not going to be contrary to Scripture. God will not shout against the Bible. God will not whisper anything to you that is contrary uh, to the Bible. God will not tell you to divorce your spouse if God, in fact, says, I hate divorce. Now, understand, you may divorce with justifiable biblical grounds, but to wake up one day because Joe didn't put enough cream in your coffee and say, God told me to leave you, Joe. Come on. Whispers that contradict Scripture are not from the Lord. Some of you are saying amen. Some of you are saying oh me. I know I've told you this lady. I'll never forget this lady in my first church that missed a Sunday. And I called her to say I missed her. And she said, well, I woke up yesterday morning on the Lord's Day. And God told me to go to the woods instead of coming to church. She'd lie like a rug. God would not tell her to go to the woods. And then in his Bible, he says, forsake not the assembling together of the brethren, but do it, for, assemble more as you see of the, the day of the Lord approaching. There was a time we didn't miss Sundays in the house of God. Now the average attendance, and Barna Research proves it, is that if somebody makes it to church once or twice a month, they consider themselves a regular attender. Oh, I wish God would put a hunger back inside of our spirit that gets up on Sunday morning and says, unless I'm sick, dead, or working, I'm going to the house of God. Because Jesus is coming soon. And I need my brothers and my sisters. I can say with 100% certainty that that lady did not hear the whisper of God. 100%. In fact, there was a time later. <laughs> she said, uh, can I pray for you? The mistake was saying yes. The second mistake was letting it go on too long. Because the more she prayed, the more chilled I felt the colder I got until I finally cut it short with an amen. Now, I know to some, amen means so be it. But that day, amen meant be thou quiet, I'm done. Not a whisper from God goes against scripture. 
So you have to ask yourself the question, God, is this from you? God, is this scriptural? And then uh, another filter is, is it wise? Is it wise? The whisper, is it wise? The general wisdom test. You know, the Bible has a whole lot to say about wisdom. A whole book of Proverbs is devoted to wisdom. Jesus said, be wise as a serpent and yet harmless as a dove. We are admonished in the scripture to seek wisdom like we are seeking for a hidden treasure. When the whisper comes, ask, is this from God? Ask, is this scriptural? Ask, is this a wise move? I've always needed the reminder. Don Jones, you need wisdom. I need it so much it's my password for my computer. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom every day. Wisdom? Because I need it. I don't have it figured out. I have not arrived. And we should hunger for the wisdom of God. In fact, let me just tell you something. James, the Lord gave us a promise. It was one of the first scriptures I learned. He says, if, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. And he will not chastise you for asking. All you got to do is say, God, I need your wisdom. I walk foolishly in this world. I've got to walk in your spirit. I've got to walk by my faith in the Son of God. And I've got to have your wisdom to make the right decision for me and for my family. Can someone say amen? Is it wise? Couple's buying a home. The home is $50,000 more than their budget. But the agent says, we have to make a move before it gets away. Well, the couple reasons, because this is urgent, God is telling them to move quickly. Though they really don't have enough money. Is it wisdom? Or maybe not. Maybe they should take a walk. Maybe they should cool off. Maybe they should stick to the budget. Use some wisdom, some common sense. You know, I love those people. I've always wanted to be one of these people. My wife won't let me, but I want to, I want to be one of these people. I want to go to the car dealer, and if we're $100 off, I want to walk out. Some of y'all are good at that. You can go in there and smile from one ear to the other, but if they ain't going to give you that car or give you what you want for your car, you get up and walk away. So what do they do to try to combat that? They put you inside the car and tell you to drive it as long as you want to drive it. Get the new smell inside of your lungs and your nostrils. And so you come back and you say, well, who cares about $500? Throw it into the financing. Am I not telling the truth? I've been guilty of it. But I want to be one of those. I'm going to be 85 before I do it, but I... I want to be one of those people, Tony. I want to walk in there and I says, no, we can't go. No, no, no we're, we're, we're sorry. We had a $100 impasse. I'm sorry, dude. I'm out of here. How about this example? A businessman says, I'm going to cash in my life savings and buy lottery tickets because God said I needed to give a large donation to the church. 
bro, really? You're not only unwise, you're dumb as a box of rocks. And let me just, let me just, let me just stop here and say this. God doesn't need the world's devilish ways to fund his ministry. Last time I checked, he still owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the beast of the forest belong to him. Why would he? He's not going to lead somebody to do that. Seek the wisdom. Filter number four is the whisper in tune with your own character, gifts, talents. It's a pretty common example that some of us in the room are soloists. Some of us in the room are praise team singers. Some of us in the room are choir members. Some of us in here are group worshipers, but we are shower singers. You know, one of the hardest things in church is to tell good people that they're not wired for special singing or for leading worship. I tune in on some services sometime, and I just sit there and I just shake my head. And say, dear God, you ain't within a thousand miles of that place. That person has killed every bit of spirit in that room because they're not wired to sing. Now, when you say that, people get offended and they leave the church. That's generally what happens. I'm sorry, dear sister. We love you. You have other gifts and talents, and we want you to use those gifts and talents, but we won't be giving you a solo. (laughs) Blow up like a fish. True story. Pastor told of an encounter after service where a man said he had been moved so much by a song during service that he decided he was going to quit his job as a successful stockbroker and go full-time into Christian music. He was moved by the song that much. The pastor asked him, do you have any musical training? No. Do you have experience writing songs? No. Are you drawn to the arts? No. Do you even sing in the shower? No. Be careful, friend, about a whisper that goes against how God created and wired you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are you. No one else is like you in the world. God created you with amazing gifts, talents, and skills. Don't strive to be someone else. Don't play the comparison game. Be yourself and cultivate a self-worth being. Don't hide your talents under a bush, but pull the bush off by its roots and let your talents come forth. God has something out of every single one of you here to contribute to the kingdom of God. Function in your gifts and your talents. And when the whisper comes, it will be confirmation to your spirit. Number five. I'm getting ready to close, but number five. You've asked, is it from God? You've asked, is it scriptural? Is it wise? Am I wired for it? Number five, what do the people you most trust think about the whisper? 
You got all four filters in place. Do you feel like it's from God? Do you feel like it's biblical? Do you feel like it's a wise move? Do you feel like you're wired for it? It doesn't harm to find one or two godly leaders, heroes, Christian family, Christian friend. Don't ask a heathen. Don't ask a heathen. If you need counseling, don't go to a heathen. Hello? Ooh, I think I struck a nerve there. Why in the world would you drop your $100 for 30 minutes to someone that don't even serve Jesus or ever crack the Bible? Go to a pastor, a Christian co-worker. Share with them the God whisper. This is important. And then listen for the confirmation from them. That's good stuff there. Because the scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, things are established. I'm feeling this, but you know, I don't know if it's me or if it's God. I don't know. So, so I'm going to, I need to pray. It's not against the Bible. It, it's a wise move. I think it's a wise move. I think it's from God. It's, I'm wired for it. I'm just not completely at peace. And it's okay to go and talk to someone that you have great confidence in. That knows Jesus like you do. And then listen. When I began youth pastoring in 1988, I expected that ministry to last for many years. We've been doing it for four and a half, five years, and I always wanted to be on staff as a youth pastor. We were volunteers. My wife worked for the bank. I worked for the government, and all of our vacation time we were using for youth trips, and man, I, it just seemed to all be coming together. We had 30, 35 kids. We were doing all of it. Teenagers. Them people are weird. Teenagers are weird. They're weird. One day, well into their 20s, they come back to their senses. But until then, they're weird. But we loved it. We loved it. Traveled with them. Had a great time with them. And man, I thought for sure. I didn't realize God was training me with youth to get ready for adults. <laughs> they eventually become adults. <laughs> that was 30 years ago next month. People in my family confirmed it. People in the church I trusted confirmed it. People over me in the Lord confirmed it. Brother and Sister Hagee were with us back several months ago, and this is their home church, and you may remember I shared the story. I was, I was trying to wrestle 
with whether this was the time God wanted me to leave that place of security in youth ministry and go out as a pastor. Things were very uncomfortable. The environment around me was very uncomfortable. And I'll never forget talking to Bishop Hagee, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, Donald, sometimes the Lord shakes the nest to get the young birdlings to fly. That is not what I wanted to hear. In my flesh, I wanted to stay put. But God had been whispering, and I received the confirmation from people that I trusted. Proverbs 11 and 14 tells us where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. You find safety, you find confirmation. The filters. Bow your heads with me if you would. Listen very carefully to me. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord, friend, today, this moment, you are wandering aimlessly with no hope and no direction, and that is the truth. So my question to you today would be, would you allow Jesus to become your Savior so that you can start living a life and walking a walk with some meaningful direction? You're here today while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, no one looking around, and you say, Preacher, I'm lost. I'm wandering aimlessly along. The scripture says you're dead. Well, I'm, I'm breathing, but the scripture says you're spiritually dead if Jesus is not your Savior and your Lord. If you're away from God today, if you're unsure about your relationship with Christ, you just raise your hand and put it right back down. God bless that hand. God bless that hand. Other hands, just raise it. God bless that hand. Other hands. Friend, there's good news. The good news is that Jesus can come into your heart today. You may have been wandering aimlessly when you wandered in here, but you will go out with a sense of direction and purpose and a divine plan for your life. You that raised your hand, I would invite you to, to come up front. Just come up front and say, you know, I just want to, I just want to talk to the Lord. I want to make things right with Jesus. Would you do that right now? And while you're contemplating that, let me let me talk to the believers here. Listen, listen very carefully. I felt, like, I felt like some of you shut the Lord down last week, honestly. But if you're present today, believer, Christian, friend, you have decisions to make and you need to hear the whisper of God, it is not wrong. In fact, it is right to come for prayer. It is right to come for prayer. Maybe you're here today and 
and you say, this message resonates with me. And beginning today, I want to put these filters in place. I want to know it's from God. I want to know it's biblical. I want to know it's wise. I want to know I'm wired for it. I want to, I want to seek counsel if I need confirmation. There, there's people in this room that you're, you're saved. Your name is written down in heaven. But you would say, honestly, I, I need, I must hear the whisper of God for my future. Or, or maybe you're here and there's a unique situation that you're, you're in, a crossroads. You've come to an intersection, a fork in the road, a wishbone, and you don't know whether to go to the left or go to the right. Friend, don't you, don't you force it. Don't you force it. You may assume you're going in the right direction, but you've got to hear a whisper from God for a particular situation you find yourself in. Is there anybody that would be honest enough and transparent enough to say, I need to hear the whisper of God? And you get up from where you are and come. Stand across the front of this altar. You either raise your hands earlier if you want to come with them, that's fine. God, we've got to hear from you. We've got to hear from you about my career. This position that's been offered to me, it's going to bring some challenges with it, Lord. I know it may be more finances, but there's something in me that's causing me to hesitate. God, I got to hear from you. I got to hear from you. I need you to whisper to me. Am I wired for it? I got a family situation right now. My marriage is in serious trouble. It's in serious trouble. And I don't want to make one move unless I know that I know that I know that I've heard from the Lord. They're coming. They're coming. Little by little, they're coming, and there's still others. Maybe it's a business decision. can vary. If you're a child of God, you don't want to just assume that your plans, God will bless. That's the relationship between a child and his or her father. Lord, I want your blessing. I want your direction. I want your favor. God, if I don't have your favor, I'm not going to take a step forward. I've got to have your release. Your release. Your release. Your release. Is this from you? Is this from you? Is what I'm sensing, is it biblical? Is it wise? Am I equipped? Am I gifted for it? At the altar, God may tell you to go talk to someone that you trust, that you would trust with your life, a person that prays and listens for the voice of God. God may counsel and admonish you to go get that confirmation. <laughs> Holy Spirit, in the congregation, would you just lift your hands and worship him right now? Would you just be reverent? You never know, you never know what valley of decision these folks are in right now. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord, I need you to speak to me. I need you to speak to me. I'm listening, Holy Spirit. I'm listening, Holy Spirit. I'm listening, Holy Spirit. I'm listening, Holy Spirit. Speak like Samuel. I say, Lord, speak for your servants are listening to hear your voice and the direction that you want us to take. My Lord, my Lord. Oh. Oh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let your tender touch rest upon them. Till they know that they know that they know mind of God the mind of God I can't even imagine Lord some of the things our parents go through I can't even imagine struck a sensitive nerve today. I've been raised in holiness all my life. And I know that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. But I'm afraid in an effort to maintain my holiness. There's been times I've compromised my love for people. from the love of God in the name of righteousness in the name of holiness I don't want to do that anymore I'd like to think I've gotten better over the years but I want just as much of the love of God to reign in my heart as I do the holiness of the Lord things I need to share with you before we go, but before we do that, I just sense we need to be obedient to the Spirit, and I just want you to stand with me, if you would, and if you mean this with sincerity, just lift both hands and say, Lord, I want to walk the tightrope of love and holiness. Would you do that right now? Would you do that right now with all sincerity of heart? God, I want to strive to be holy, but put in my path the deepest of sinners, 
put across my way those that are hurting because they're bound up with addiction and enslavement and then let me love them unconditionally like you would. Come on, lift them up. Lift them up. Say, here I am. I don't want to fall to the right or to the left. I don't want to be so love-driven that I throw the baby out with the bathwater and anything goes when you're such a holy God. You're such a righteous Lord. How many, Lord, are at, at home today because the church drove them there? I know when they stand before God, I know, Lord, that they're gonna, they won't be able to blame their church or their mom or daddy. They're going to stand before God themselves. But how many shipwrecked lives could have been avoided if the church would have walked the tightrope of love and holiness and holiness and love? God help us. God help us. Thank <laughs> you.